Welcome to a special half volume of Alex's Firearms Digest. This is your host, back at it again, Alex. So, I've gotten a handful of people asking me what my opinion is on the LAPD officer involved shooting incident that took place on December 23rd in North Hollywood, uh, an incident that resulted in the death of a 14-year-old female and a suspect. Well, in order to understand the incident and what led up to the shooting, I would be a complete news media asshole just to cover bullet points and make the correspond or make the responding officers look like complete murderers. If you were hoping for that, I can safely tell you that you need to go listen somewhere else. Because as a person of values and beliefs, I am a just person, meaning that I'm not going to be biased and go with the bandwagon of idiots just like just to get likes and subscribers. Does that make sense? I've analyzed everything thoroughly and carefully to make sure that my statements uh, that, are, that are made here are supported by what was presented and available to the public at the time. I personally just went straight to the video that was released by the LAPD on their YouTube page and I analyzed that multiple times. I probably spent like a few hours on it. Um, you guys must take into account that I understand how chaotic responding to a situation as this one must have been to those officers involved. Does that mean that I will be forgiving in my opinion? Of course not. So let's get started. So, on December 23rd, 2021, approximately around 11.45 a.m., North Hollywood officers responded to a radio call for an assault with a deadly weapon in progress at a business location, right? Or at a business that was located in the 12100 block of Victory Boulevard, which was the Burlington Coat Factory. While en route to the location, these officers had received multiple radio calls from that same location that there was a possible shooting in progress as well and that there were individuals sheltering in place. In the video provided to the public by the LAPD, the first female caller is able to give the best description of the suspect. She could have been one of the female employees seen in the video using their phone and making hand gestures that would collaborate with rushing people out of the store. She also states that the suspect is using a bite lock as a weapon to cause mayhem inside the store. We are then well, the video then transitions to a second female caller. The second female caller runs into a dispatcher, Karen, right? And I call them Karens because sometimes these dispatchers are complete jerks. While she attempts to give details about where she needs help, and even though she obviously, obviously states where exactly she is at and where she needs officer assistance, Karen dispatcher continues to be condescending towards her. It's not hard to put it together, Karen, that she is in North Hollywood at the Burlington store on Victory Boulevard in Laurel Canyon. I will admit that she does confuse Laurel Canyon for Coldwater. Also, this Hispanic caller confuses the noise of mayhem that is caused by the lock with gunshots. It's understandable. Shit, people confuse the sound of bricks clapping against one another with gunshots. Also, I can tell she is Hispanic because she sounds like my aunt trying to order at the McDonald's drive-thru. We are then transitioned to a third caller. This third caller calls in with very little information, but states that her mother is inside the Burlington. And her mother also told her that there is a man that is making threats inside the store. The caller does state that she is unsure if he is armed with a gun or not. So over the radio airways, you guys must be guessing how chaotic the situation must be sounding to all responding officers. As stated before, Officers come into any incident, such as this one, with very limited information. 
almost blind. They don't know the facts even when they're at the scene. The situation is considered fluid and they must approach it with extreme caution. Jumping into CCTV footage from inside the store, we can also analyze the behavior of the suspect. Through my own personal observations of the video, it is easy to tell that the suspect is possibly under the influence of some sort of substance, or perhaps he is suffering from a mental health issue. His body language and heuristic cues are not of a mentally stable person, especially when he begins to interact violently with the associates and the customers of the store. He then uses this heavy-duty bike lock as a weapon. It is also very hard to watch all the patrons and the associates that stand by as this idiot runs amok. This is a prime example of why I always tell people that you're better off fighting with extreme, indiscriminate aggression towards your attacker, because the rest of the world will just stand by and watch you get fucked. This societal conditioning can be also blamed on how society has been allowed to evolve into this it's not my business, I'm not a snitch, let me record money off other suffering type of mentality. To all the men in that store that saw this piece of shit do this and all you did was stand by or ran off, that 14 year old girl's blood is on your hands as well. The associates and the loss prevention officers or whatever the fuck your title is called her blood is on your hands as well. And before you guys say anything, I I assisted my loss prevention officers in a lot of apprehensions from thieves. I even got kicked in the fucking face by some guys that ran off with two PS3s holding them with spider webs. If you work retail, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So yeah, I've actually gotten into a lot of scruffles with a bunch of fucking thieves. Anyways... Going back to subject, I am certain that if a coalition of the willing would have stepped up to the plate, this piece of shit would have been arrested and that young girl right now at this very moment would have been awaiting the new year with her family. Instead, on Christmas Eve, this family sat at the dinner table while they suffered from a tragedy that transpired from the cowards that stood by and a gun-ho cowboy officer who gave no fucks about what could have been in those fitting rooms. Let's go ahead and jump into the officer's arrival and the events after. Sorry guys, uh, there's a lot of commotion right now, but anyways. So let's jump into it. As we progress into the arrival of the officers, the video starts off with two officers arriving at the scene, with one of them going to the back of the patrol car and retrieving his AR-15 in an M16A1 NOM variant with a Maple PMAT. At this point, Fortunate Son begins playing in the background. Now, I would like to pick on this officer in particular, but before we do so, let's focus on the second part of the body cams of this video. The one where all of them are synchronized, the first officers on scene before said officer joins them are told by an associate that the suspect is armed with a cable lock, he's pantless, and that there are associates still inside the store. Crucial information that should be communicated to other responding officers in order to help them obtain real-time intelligence. The first group of officers that enter the store were composed of five officers, three of them with drawn pistols, one with a shotgun, and the other with a 40-millimeter non-lethal projectile launcher. Upon reaching the second floor, they are joined by the officer holding the AR-15 and a few others. 
It is at this point that the AR-15 officer decides to insist to take point. And this is even after the first group of officers spots the suspect and calls for hitting him with the 40, meaning they're going to hit him with the non-lethal. There's nothing done to enforce this call once said officer decides to take point with the rifle. Once the female patron, who was severely beaten, and it's hard to watch in the video as this asshole beats the shit out of her, they all begin moving towards her as she is still being struck by the suspect. It is at this point that the AR-15 officer begins to rush towards the aid of the woman. At the same time, we hear multiple commands to said officer to slow down. The officer disregards these commands, arrives at the victim's side, sees a suspect, and fires three consecutive rounds from his AR-15. The suspect falls to the ground, and this is assuming that this is when one of those rounds hits the 14-year-old female as it traveled through the wall and threw her and her mother to the ground from the impact once it had hit her chest. On the video, you can clearly hear the mother screaming in horrible pain and loss. It's a sound that's embedded in your mind from countless times of hearing it. And trust me, you don't want to have that embedded in your mind. So far in this issue, I really don't care if you guys are butthurt by this episode so far. I've acknowledged that there are bad apples everywhere, including among the men and women who represent the blue line. And if you go back to my volumes, I've stated that the mindset and mentality play a role in these events. I've also stated that we have to be conscious and aware of our environment should we ever have to use our firearms in self-defense. This incident and that specific officer serve as a prime example of how a lot of the topics that I've discussed in previous volumes come into play. In the officer's world, this event with such conflicting information of a possible active shooter is part of that tactical masturbational fantasy land scenario that quickly crumbles to the untrained mind. All these officers are running high on emotion and adrenaline. It's a, it's a chaotic event they're walking into. But even in the video, we can definitely see officers who are more collected and in control of themselves and their colleagues as they make entry into the store and onto the second floor. We can see that communication is a factor and it plays a big role into how the situation was handled. That first group that made contact with an associate outside should have radioed in an update on the description of the suspect and that he was armed with a cable lock and not a firearm. They also should have radioed that there were still other innocent civilians inside the store. Think about it. If you're hiding inside a store, especially a large department store such as Burlington, JCPenney, Macy's, etc., where is a good place for you guys to hide? Probably, and more than likely, a fitting room. This officer made some big mistakes that support that he wanted to be the hero of the day. And it's a want that exists among many untrained officers and CCW holders. The first mistake is that the officer does not communicate with his colleagues in terms of a plan in play. If the fellow officers had already agreed to use the non-lethal as a means of neutralizing the threat, then those officers should have prevented said officer of taking point. Secondly, when the beaten female was spotted, they all rushed and allowed this officer to fulfill that want by allowing him to once again make his way to the front and push all other officers behind him. He is probably at this point jizzing and overfilled with emotions and adrenaline, 
that he fails to listen to the multiple commands to slow down. When he finally confronts the suspect, and even though the suspect is walking away, and it is acknowledged that there are fitting rooms behind his target, the officer completes his fantasy and opens fire. He did not issue any commands to the suspect. He simply acquired the target and shot, or opened fire. And I get it. To those that have already or will attempt to rebuttal me with the concept that is widely known in the CCW world or in the firearms community as the 21-foot rule, which is better known as the true name, the Dennis Tuller drill, I have to say that you're wrong in even attempting to do so. And the reason in being is that this drill in particular only applies in cases in which the officer or the CCW holder has their firearm either holster or with the muzzle raised or depressed because there appears to be no threat. It is when a sense of safety is broken unexpectedly and suddenly. The drill has the user either attempting to draw from their holster and engaging a threat that is rushing towards them to attack or in other variants, reloading and chambering or cocking the hammer of predominantly a pistol. In this incident though, these conditions were never the case. All officers had their weapons drawn and were actively searching for a suspect. We also have to acknowledge that the beating victim was a good distance away from the suspect as this officer approached her side. In all, there were many factors that led to this tragedy. Not once or will I be advocating for the suspect, but rather it does infuriate me when an innocent life is lost due to reckless and untrained individuals using firearms. If this had been an actual CCW holder involved in this exact incident, right now we would be having a different discussion and possibly looking at legislation being written against us. Police officers in general have a larger backing when it comes to these incidents. Might he be convicted for manslaughter? Absolutely, especially in Los Angeles. Is it completely his fault? Not 100%, because of certain reforms that have taken place within that specific police department, I assume that their budgets towards firearm training and related to building clearing has been affected. You can't have everything and allow their firearms training to be affected by these liberals. You're only asking for more incidents like this to occur. I encourage all of you to assess and to form your own conclusions and opinions of them, specifically on this incident. But if it was me that was there that day, at that specific store, I probably would have riled up people to citizen arrest this idiot. Not the officer, but the suspect. He might have been released later on in the day, but that girl still would have been here with us. As cliche as it sounds, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. Happy New Year's to everyone. Welcome 2022 with optimism and open arms. Let's make 2022 a better year for all of us law-abiding gun owners. Let's keep up the fight and make time to train and improve yourselves. To the family of Valentina Orellana Peralta, my deepest condolences. Good night, everyone.